Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire-Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. Dr. Smith, we are back. Yes, we are. We are back. <laughs> You're such a singer. I know. You know what? It's so funny. I just saw Candace Springs, who's a jazz vocalist and pianist, perform here in Chicago. And she was saying how when she talks, she sings. Like she said, she right, was at right. McDonald's. And, and I do that, too. And I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm like, hello. What are you doing? <laughs> anyway. That's great. That's great. Well, we wouldn't have it any other way. No other way. No other way. Yeah. Well, um, I think we have a great show today. But before oh. we get started, you know what I got to do. You got to you, you got to bring some first goodness and then we'll bring the second greatness. Goodness. There you after. go. There so, we go. Yes. Goodness right. and greatness. Yes. Goodness All and right. greatness. All right. Well, um, the music tip for today there. And I was actually sharing this with my students. We have um, they have a project where they have to sort of compose something and then. Um, using some orchestral instruments. And uh, and I just turned them on to this because actually another student of mine used it for one of his projects. And it was, um, there's a company that used to be called 99 Strings. Now they're called Musiverse, Musiversal. Um, like instead mm. of Universal, but like Musiversal. Universal. Yeah. Okay. Musiversal. And uh, just go to Musiversal.com. And what they do is it's an orchestra that will record your arrangement. So oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. You said it's an orchestra that will so an actual orchestra. orchestra? An actual really? full orchestra in London that will record really? your your arrangement for the bargain price of $99. Oh, come on. Yeah. Are you serious? I am serious. Okay, I so am is serious. there a time limit on? I mean, so, we can't so this spend is how all our time on this because we're on a short yeah, so, schedule today. Yeah, but, okay, but this okay, is okay. how it works. Is that, you know, <laughs> of course, because of the industry has changed, everybody's using MIDI and everything. So in right. order to stay afloat and keep people working and making money, um, orchestral musicians, they've set it up where they go in for regular studio time like normal. And right. when people have uploaded their arrangements, they'll bring down uh, a, a number of arrangements each day. And they'll play them and then record them. It's basically paying $100 an hour for the musician. So it's a great opportunity for them. It's totally ingenious. And uh, I love it. I haven't used it yet, but uh, trust me, (laughs) it's Mm. coming down the pike. That's that's bringing some ideas because if they can do that, why can't other types of instruments? Hey, there we go. And vocal people and all that stuff. Hello. That's, That's very cool. That yeah. was a great music tip. I tried. Grief. I tried. That was good. That was good, Will. <laughs> that was good. Well, of course it was good because we're going to have a really awesome show today. And I'm so excited. Now, I, I want to, I before I introduce, I want everybody to know we worked hard for this interview. And, and we're all going to give ourselves a clap because we're all so busy. Yep. <laughs> and this artist was incredibly gracious with her time to make sure that we, you know, can make this happen. And so I am a very, very big fan of this artist. And I, she, I'm just meeting her. So she's not going to know how crazy I am quite yet, but she's going to learn. <laughs> she's going to learn as we finish. But um, as a vocalist myself, as, and who does soul and jazz and, you know, 
Um, you're always trying to seek out other people, um, not only just, you know, to, to you don't want to mock or whatever, but you want to learn, you want to be inspired. And this artist that we're having today is one of my top, by far, one of my top um, influences, people that I listen to. I've listened to literally since um, probably 2008. I think that's when I first started. 2007, maybe 2007. When I Maybe 2006. Actually, wait a minute, because I got to think of when my baby was born. <laughs> no, I think it was actually 2005 or 6, because the baby, the baby was just coming along. But anyway, I've been listening to her for a long time, and so I'm going to let her tell her story and who she is and all of this, but I'm very honored to have the lovely songstress, Liz right welcome Liz how are you you. I'm so glad to be with both of you awesome yes Mm -hmm. Uh, it's such an honor to have you and um anybody who's listening if if you are listening and and most of our audience is Liz our, our artists and people you know who are developing and so forth but we have a fair number and I'm sure a lot of people listening today are going to be just true fans um but there may be people who have no idea who you are and um, this is why I try to let artists kind of tell who they are today, like what what is their artistry and how they got into music, their their background. So if you could share that. Wow. OK, yeah. let's see if I can uh, <laughs> put this in a nice little soup can. Um, yeah. but my name is Liz Wright. I am uh, I've just turned 39 years old. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Congratulations! I'm, thank you so much. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. I've um, I'm the middle child of three, and we're all very close. We all sing, and uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in the church. My father was a minister and pastor for most of my upbringing, and my mother, um, on paper, was a housewife, but she was absolutely whimsical, and she made everything work. She, uh, you know, she has a very unique history of just, you know, loving people and showing up in places and telling the truth and being like unbelievably open with folks. And it has built a really interesting, uh, you know, childhood experience and an interesting idea of how to relate to people for me. Um, Mm. My parents are really interesting. They're basically um, a young minister uh, and a really wild, uh, misplaced New Yorker <laughs> who kind of found each other. And, you know, the story is that dad proposed to mom with an apple and, you know, because he didn't want to kiss her before he was married. <laughs> she was just so wild and beautiful and crazy. And oh, she wow. saw him preach and he was this handsome, skinny minister. And basically, uh, she came to the altar call, like, I've got to be a Christian before I can talk to this dude. So that's kind of how that started. As you can imagine, I, I came along not too long after that. Um, my, my brother is uh, 10 months older than me. And, uh, and my younger oh, wow. sister is a year and five months younger. So we all, uh, we all, you know, grew up together. You know, my parents, because they mm-hmm. had, had us young in their 20s, and my siblings and I, because we were all practically the same age, my brother and I are the same age for about three months. And, mm. yeah, we always hated it because I was just a bit taller than him starting out. So, <laughs> you know, we are a, a singing family. Uh, most of my childhood, we, you know, my dad pastored churches, but he also has had a really great relationship with the, 
a, a men's prison uh, in, I guess, mm. Southwest Georgia somewhere. Uh, he's been their chaplain for about 20 years. And mom yeah. has done a combination of trying to figure out how to really cook, you know, turkey necks and rice and then, <laughs> you know, doing missionary work in really random places uh, in Georgia. And again, from that, we have, a, <clears throat> you know, grown a an extended family and I've been singing with my family and singing in front of people and learning how to write a set list and learning how to take care of people mm. with music since I was five, you know, um, wow. wow. You know, everything from singing every day, kindergarten, right before nap time, <laughs> oh. <laughs> to like singing before dad would preach. And that, you know, that eventually led did to, did you know it was special? Like, did you, could you, or did you just, this is just what we do. Like, did you feel like, Oh, this is something unique that I bring to the table or just like, Oh, this is just, natural i knew i was i knew i was good at singing because everybody kept asking me to do it but but my whole family can sing but literally my whole family can sing and um so and we often just sing together so i just thought you know it was kind of like running a small church as a, as a young family is a lo- probably very similar to running a small farm everybody had had a job mm-hmm. a set of chores you know and mine was to teach Sunday school to uh to lead the music and you know uh help you know sing before dad would preach and uh yeah and we also uh my i come from a family of you know really serious gardeners and sharecroppers so it was it was somewhere between you know getting ready for church and you know Mm. harvesting cleaning It was a farm with no animals, but we were a busy family. Wow. So all that led to, you know, um, me moving to Atlanta, not really knowing what to do, uh, and landing in the arms of uh, of uh, Dr. Uh, Coleman, Dwight Coleman at Georgia State University, and learning how to sing, you know, classical music, um, and, and then just trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself. And I, you know, connected with the Atlanta jazz scene and mm. kind of tripped into you know, one thing after the next. That's wow. great. Very, <laughs> wow. uh, very circuitous and uh, seems like a spirit led um, experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's, you know, I listen to, you know, pretty much all the music that you've done in that context makes complete sense. Now, I think sometimes you'll read bio, you'll read bios on people and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they're from you know, Georgia and they, you know, blah, 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 blah. And now they sing. But that's what I love about the podcast is you just gave, now I get why, you know, everything in terms of when you talk about it being such a community and, um, you know, an extended family and honestly in your music, like I hear that, like, I mean, it's not literal, but like I can hear the sense of there's not selfishness in it, I guess is what I'm saying. It's very, um, it's warm, it's thoughtful. It's, you know, your tone is all of those things, but just lyrically and what you're bringing to the table definitely is like, no, this is from a place that is, is more than just, I'm just going to get on the stage and sing, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something that's, that's, that's incredibly organic and, and, you know, clearly not, you know, well, one day in my adulthood, I decided to sing. It just just seems incredibly natural. So that makes sense. Everything you just, yeah, it gives a lot of context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, um, just from that experience, I guess, what, what do you think, uh, having that, that upbringing and, and, you know, those, uh, those types of relationships within your, your family network and then just, I guess the uh, the idea of 
of how to do things, I guess, that you got from your parents? Because I, cause I see this evident in my life. <laughs> I, I, I totally see it replicated. But I wanted to get your take on uh, what do you think that that experience has, has brought to um, the, your approach to uh, to basically not not just singing, but also uh, running your music business, basically. Mm, great question. Um, you know, well, I I just realized that there's uh, there's really nothing more interesting than than a normal life and showing up for it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. and there's no shortage of inspiration and feeling and learning and belonging. And, uh, you know, I have recently uh, kind of returned to these roots of, of working um, in community, you know, and having a job and laboring, which is really strange because um, mm. as soon as I left home, I was so excited to be on my own, all about me. Where is the stage? Give me that mic. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, my father had us working all the time and uh, in the garden and just, you know, sometimes he'd have us clean out his shed and he also had that kind of like, you know, um, you know, ex-military kind of, you know, Mm, regimented way of doing things. So I learned how to write a budget. I learned how to write schedules for myself and I learned how to clean. I mean, he taught me everything. And my mom was always there to have this kind of whimsical air and to keep things feeling, keep a pulse and everything, you know? (laughs) And uh, so they, they really informed my life. And now that I am approaching 40, I'm, uh, I have uh, opened a cafe here in Chicago, and because because I want to be with people, I want to work every day. Mm. There's mm. there's nothing better than like a living cadence. There's nothing better than mm-hmm. making something with your hands every day, just just for the practice of composing and to mm. practice timing, to practice layering, to to right, right. be inside of vulnerability. So, yeah, to answer your question, Will, I um, I, I didn't realize that I. I started out with most of what I would need and uh, the world has taught me mm. to return to it. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's so timely. <laughs> it's so timely, Liz, because Will and I, Will and I have known each other since we were like 18 years old yep. and we're older, oh. we're older than you. <laughs> we, Man, we somebody is. I'm not the baby anymore. <laughs> oh. You're the baby in this conversation. Oh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but so we've known each other a long time. And so yeah. we have these discussions about life and these kind of full circles. And what you just said about there's nothing more interesting than a normal life. And in this day and age where I feel like we keep trying to have these you know, super, super normal or whatever mm-hmm. in social media. And we're heightening, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to create this fantasy island effect mm-hmm. of our life. Um, it's the normalcy because the normalcy is the, is, is the true crazy actually, you know, it's the yeah, true layers. There you are. That's where the courage is. That's where wildness yes. is. Oh yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I love that. I, I really love that. No, I'm fresh off. I'm fresh off of, the, you know, living the notion of living on, I always said jokingly, that I wanted to live on the side of a mountain by myself in the woods <laughs> so I could be peaceful and right. I would end up buying 30 acres and having a house above a big creek where no one could hear or see me. And right. I lived like a 
I lived like a shaman, you know, I was quiet. I was right, right. closer to nature than people. And, and then I got to this point where I was like, Oh my gosh, uh, I'm built, I'm built to belong. I'm built to connect I'm built to commune and to love. And this is not my time to be rooted in the earth yet. This isn't it. And, mm. you know, I can, you know, I'm blessed with the creative decision to live like this and adapt because I, I it's, it was starting to happen. And, I just decided, uh, you know, after nature just kind of gave me so much energy back that I wanted to give it away. And I was like, I have to get involved and I have to belong and I have to get out, not just, you know, going to the stage and then buttoning up my suitcases and myself, <laughs> but I have to mm-hmm. belong to people again because this is what I was made to do. So I, I, tested, right. I tested the opposite notion for several years, actually, and lived in retreat. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of like that existentialism, like, you know, and, and, and there's these seasons and I actually, that's kind of going to be my question because a lot of artists, I think we, a lot of artists struggle with, um, thinking that their careers and their lives, you know, should be in one particular position. And we're always striving, like you just said, mm-hmm. to hit that stage and grab that mic. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then when life presents these other things that maybe takes you away from that stage or it doesn't give you the stage as much as you're used to or whatever, it can feel like, uh Oh, uh Oh, you know, am I going to, am I losing something mm-hmm. or is this no longer, for you, now that you're, like you said, you're part of community, you're doing the cafe, but you're still doing music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I have a piano yeah. lesson in an hour. And uh, <laughs> wow. I know, every week and, uh, I go on tour on the third. I'll be in, in eight year of all of March. I'm trying to make sure my baby sister can take up with my cafe. I mean, they're getting trained by wow. a coffee company right now. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, so this is my question. How are you? Because because the fact, I'm so glad we're doing this interview because mm-hmm. people need to hear, they think that when you just said that tour and all that, people think that that's the only space right. that established artists right. live in. And, you know, so how are you, how, <laughs> how are you managing that? And not just the logistics, like, well, I have somebody that does this, but I mean, we can talk about that, but like kind of mentally, like, how are you doing that? How are you managing that? You know, Kenya, it's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I've, I've had a life where all I did was make music and all I did was think about music and all I did was live from one performance to the next. And I know that people really appreciated that level of devotion. You know, and it did have its blessings and it had its kind of power, you know. But I realized, mm-hmm. I realized through uh, years of having an excess of that, uh, that I, I run better on a different fuel source and it's, it's people and it's, it's communing, it's, it's communion and it's, it's labor and belonging because all of that is rhythm and music to me. I like to get up every day and go do something. I like to get up and see people. I love to serve people who have no idea who I am because then I really get to see <laughs> yeah. who I am in the world without my, you know, the, the, the cloak of, of Liz on, you know, and I, yeah. um, I stood inside yeah. of it for so long that I didn't know that I had a life or an identity or an idea outside of it. And that, that bothered me. Um, mm. so now when I go on stage, I, I feel the presence and the love and the belonging. I feel the roots that I have pulled on to leave home. I feel the young people that I cook with, 
I feel my neighbors, I feel my love, I feel my dogs, I feel mm. time on the woods. Uh, and there's something interesting that's happened with the audience. I mean, this has been a very quiet virtual experiment, but mm. what I've found is that I, I have a lot more trust in my instrument and my body in, in, the, in the air and people in, in sitting in front of me. And I don't need so much from them. And they relax because I'm more relaxed. And then mm. I, I find more. So I really have done all of this craziness because I'm so in love with music and I'm in love with spirit. And I really want to find out how to keep opening it. So, mm. you know, getting back to people and getting back to this other fuel source that I actually, I run better on and taking that with me to the stage has given me a deeper relationship with the audience. And, uh, you know, I'm able to write songs a lot faster. It's like having children. Like I'm eager now for my for my time alone. So very eager that I waste none of it. You know, yes. <laughs> when I had oodles and I lived yes. like a Buddha, Buddha under a tree, which I kind of was, <laughs> I couldn't get anything out because I had nothing to really talk about except how beautiful and blissful it all was yes. in the abyss. You know. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Love yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's what um I was I was thinking while you were talking because I was having a similar experience. It's uh I I did the whole uh, same thing, touring and playing and performing and and uh, and being in front of people a lot of times, and you sort of lose uh, context of of what what I guess not not necessarily what life is about, but what you're about, mm-hmm. and and you don't give a, get a broader view of yourself after you, if you continue to do that just on a you know con- consistent basis and not do anything right. else. So exactly. As a me, way of being identified. Yep. E- exactly. Mm. So, and, and just like what you're talking about, you bring so much more to that experience when you go somewhere else and you have other experiences. And it's like, basically uh, when you master and not saying that, you know, I've mastered anything, I, you know, by far from it. Uh, but once you get a level of comfortability in an art or in an, in an, a way of expressing yourself, you you have a way um, you, you can now move to something else and and sort of not master it, but get good at it. And then you can t- inform that experience with uh, with with the same same awareness. And it, and it brings it makes both experiences that much richer. So I, I totally get what you're saying. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yep. that is no and, and i this is you know it's funny i i think a lot of times when we have artists we want to you know we kind of get more into the logistical well how do you do this and that but this is so great because i i think that artistry nowadays especially mainstream you know we're really yes so many people are yeah cloak and dagger they're in their identity is only like they have even bought into that like you had mm-hmm. said you know like I, I i even only think i'm just this <laughs> and then something in life will happen and trigger you to 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 find another part of yourself and i think that artists have to have the courage to to maybe it may seem like a loss, but I think what you're just saying that that shift is what's actually growing you, even though you're not just on the stage. Like it's it's so profound. I I just think it's really profound. So I I appreciate that. <laughs> and if you guys are you know and, and I, I I because I, again I'm a I'm a fan, and so understanding your music or hearing your music is it's a it's just all it all clicks. It it just makes sense. Like <laughs> I'm like, yep, this all makes sense with how how I see her perform. I have a question, and we're we're having to make our podcast just a little bit shorter, so we probably have maybe one or 
two only left questions. But um, as I said, we have a lot of artists who are listening and who are going to be, you know, trying to figure this out. What advice or especially in today's industry where it is different than probably when you started out in the industry? Um, do you have any specific when people ask you for advice? Is there anything that you try to make sure you tell other artists as they're trying to navigate um, the industry? Um, a couple of things I've, I've um, found myself sharing with uh, young artists when I've done a couple of residencies at Berkeley. Sometimes you have an idea of what you're going to say and you get in the presence of like, beautiful, thirsty, bright minds, and they pull something else out of you. So I've started listening mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to, to what's, what's coming out. And uh, I've been really been encouraging them to, uh, to spend time with artists of other disciplines. I've been encouraging mm -hmm. singers to play drums and other instruments, uh, but especially mm -hmm. drums. And it didn't matter if they uh, play or planned on doing it on stage or not. Um, because I'm very much interested in uh, everybody kind of being a composer, you know, because there's so many, uh, these are all ways to speak, you know, the it's different instruments we play. And then I also, you know, talk a lot with people about, um, you know, living a creative life uh, so that, mm. you know, we actually have um, something to move from and, uh, and, uh, you know, also bringing that creativity into how we how we deal with business, how we manage our our spirit and emotions, and um, mm -hmm. and deal with things. I think it's also great to you know make friends with really creative and enduring um, business people, and really see um, what it takes to last. All that stuff is really the same. I, one of the best things I ever did was to spend a lot of time backstage and on the road. Uh, literally as a groupie with Bonnie Raitt. I mean, she's one of the smartest business people I've ever been around. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's, she's very giving, very consistent. Um, and she has a beautiful relationship with her audience. And I realized that, you know, beyond her talent and her passion, uh, that, was a, that, was a, that was a value that she held higher than, than most was her relationship with the people. And she let it guide a lot of decisions that she made and that she guided her team to make. So um, as I look at the length of her career and as I, you know, watch the audiences from so many angles um, and hang around with the crew, I just, I really saw that, uh, you know, as artists, we really have no excuse. We're wide open and we, we're mm -hmm. always making something out of nothing. So mm -hmm. all the, all mm -hmm. the principles of composing apply to business. So <laughs> You know, yeah. if you're going to be creative, um, it, you know, it's great to do the work to be creative and all the aspects of it, you know, and this is a great time with, you know, social media being such a great way to speak and identify yourself and, and network, uh, that we have all these great outlets and all this facility. Um, and, and it's just wonderful to live, try to live lives where we, we build a garden that we harvest all this stuff from, you know, uh, mm -hmm. we, we build it, we build ourselves up. So there is like all this great new technology and facility. And then there are these great old practices of just being a whole person and having, bringing them both to music and to the business of, of art, whatever you do is, is really a good idea. It's nice of us artists not to box ourselves in. Like I'm a creative, I'm sensitive. I only do this part and I shut my eyes for the rest and the others do this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, they need you. Your team yeah. needs you. They need to know what your vision is. 
where you yeah. see yourself and how devoted you are because that fires them up and they what they yes. could do for you is is amazing yeah you answered all my questions in, uh, <laughs> in like like 10 seconds i'll just say what i was going to ask you about you know what what you did you get from watching bonnie Raitt? but you you totally sum, summarized that and then um and i love your your garden analogy because i i've been actually working with that in in sort of my meditations and, and affirmations but uh it's basically when when you plant something, uh, you can't expect it to immediately grow and flower. <laughs> so you got to water it and take care of it and nurse, you know, nourish it and, and give it time. And that's, you know, that's something that our, our, our listeners, you know, we, we've been trying to basically impart that is that, you know, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, but mm-hmm. you, you hit on the other very important piece, you know, which, which Bonnie Raitt was, was emphasizing was, relationships and, and nurturing that those relationships like you would nurture your ideas and your music. And that's, uh, that's very key. So yeah, that's it. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know. I'm good. <laughs> you answered everything. Yeah, no. And you did it so like eloquently. I'm like, I can't even like repeat what she said. No, that was really so time. And this is really timely. And I, I think artists need to hear this. You know, I, I have a lot of as a singer and here in um, Chicago and, um, you know, a lot of artists who've been doing this for a while. I've been hearing more and more people just feeling a, a little bit more discouraged, like, well, I'm not getting as many gigs or I'm not getting. And it's like, but you just mentioned, you know, you we are creative as creatives. There's so much that we can do. We can turn so many things into to so many things and, mm-hmm. and, and they can inform us as artists and and composers and you know being able to see these different layers and angles informs us in our you know in our artistry whatever that may be whether it be singing or playing an instrument or what have you but this has been awesome and I knew it was going to be and you know to our listeners I'm we're, we're having to make this a little bit shorter than we usually do but Liz understand that we are like so in support of all these ventures you're doing and (laughs) um, I love that you're doing it, you know, in Chicago, Chicago's a really, um, it it can get some very interesting um, vibes from the outside from an absolute beautiful city to a city where everybody's Mm -hmm. getting shot. So I think, (laughs) I think it's important, it's important for people to hear that people like you and, you know, artists who are established are making places like Chicago, their home, and, you know, building community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that's, that's, we, we need to see more of that and, and not be so isolated and sheltered so that, you know, we can stay connected and be inspired mm-hmm. um, and, and recognize that we can be more than just our stage and still be our, you know, and still be on our stage. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome. Yes, it was. Thank you yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank no, you. thank you. If you could just let people know, and I don't know how active you are on social media, but we always try to let, mm-hmm. you know, our listeners know how they can kind of follow what you're doing. And it sounds like you've got a tour and we do have an international following too. So oh, if, how can people find out that information about you or get the tour information and follow you on social media? Yeah. Um, I can be followed on my Facebook page at Liz Wright and, uh, also at LizWright.net, my website. And, uh, yeah and then you know if you're in uh, chicago come by and see me and 
have something to eat at Car 47. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. we go. And I, I went and I, and it was, you know, I'm like, Liz made all this. No, the food was fantastic. It was really good. I'm really, you know, it was, thank you for the, the invitation. I had a wonderful time. My husband and I came and uh, really, and I did get to meet your sister as well. And it's funny because I knew she was your sister because she looked like you and she talked like you. I was like, oh, are come you on. She's gorgeous. I would love to resemble her just a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. They, they totally resemble each other. But um, so yeah, definitely Chicagoans. If you're in Chicago, Carver 47, it's right there in Bronzeville. I'm a part of Little Black Pearl, which mm-hmm. is another magical space um, in the community, in the Bronzeville community. So um, thank you. We'll put the links to your website and your social media. And um, I probably will also you know, put a link to one of your Spotify or iTunes. So those who have never heard your music can it, just as beautiful as you hear her talking about her life, her music. Come on. Oh, her music is amazing. So if you so don't sweet. know Liz Wright's music, thank you. <laughs> tune Kenya. in. So. You are ah, so special. You're welcome. I really appreciate oh, what you all are doing. You. It's so thoughtful. Yeah, very ah, We appreciate you. Thank yes, you. Yes, we do. All right, well, uh, until next time. Until next, next time. time, we'll catch y'all okay. later. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or DRW Smith at making money in the music biz biz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit making money in the music biz.com and go to the registration services page please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.